Radical. Welcome to this week's episode of the Print on Demand cast. Each week, join the gnarly Travis and Josiah as they provide insight into the print on demand industry and equip you with the totally tubular tools, advice, and strategies you need to achieve success and hopefully have a few laughs along the way. Now, on to this week's totally tubular show. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Print On Demand cast. With me as always, the co-host, co-captain, my captain, Travis Ross from Make Your Mark Design headquarters there in Broomfield, Colorado. Travis, happy freaking Monday. How has your Monday been thus far? Uh, I'm getting right. tremors as you ask me. It, uh, <laughs> it's a Monday and, you know, Are all the machines, working? machines, no, they're oh, not. God. And yeah. I'm, I'm so like over it, you know, um, I fired off an email to uh, the Epson. I don't know what his title is, but he's a, he's a, he's a head guy. And, you know, I said, listen, we're going into the busiest time of year, get your freaking machines working. So, yeah. So that was, that was a frustration, but you know, I mean, what are you going to do? You're going to just keep trying to move forward and, yeah. Uh, yeah, my, you know, my, my next go to Tuesday. The checklist was: Are the machines working? And did everyone? Did no one call out today? Those are usually no one called the two. out today. All right, all right. Well, hey, fifty-fifty. You're, you're one for one. That's not too bad. Yeah. Uh, you know, it is. It is. It is they're not zero for one. You know, like the, hey, how's how's like your uh, how's your foot? Uh, update oh, man. for the people. That's right. From last I, week, I forgot that we covered that in last week's episode. Um, it's better uh, in Good. regards to the fact that it's not swollen. It's not constantly hurting. It's It was literally, I feel like last week was such a lost week for me um, <laughs> because I, I, I couldn't really get around at all. I was in a lot of pain fairly constantly mm-hmm. w- trying to watch four dogs and like feed them. And then if we were, if I was here and had to navigate last week, it probably would have been a lot more doable because there's no stairs here. This is all uh, one level, but I had nice. to sleep downstairs with my in-laws dogs. I had to work out in the shop, which required stairs and steps and mm-hmm. long distances. And so it was just a lot of, of movement. <laughs> it was the right. worst location to be dealing with this. So um, all of that to say um, it's feeling better now. I think, I think we're almost there. Uh, I got a little impatient with it a couple days ago and thought like, Oh, Hey, wait a minute. All right. This feels good. Great. Sweet. And I started doing too much. And like, I think I can manage and kind of limp and I was carrying mm-hmm. in groceries. And then that night it was like throbbing again. So like, okay, I'm my own worst enemy at this point. <laughs> and I need to just, as hard as it is for me, just be patient for this to get over, uh, and, and be done with. So, so hopefully we are, we're close. I haven't, I haven't played cool. pickleball in a long time, which is very sad for me uh because i i really enjoy it and so and i haven't been able to drink beer you're not supposed to do that with gal or red meat we went out to lunch yesterday with some friends yeah chicken didn't you and i did i for sure and it was a steak place bro i got oh. out of the car and i could just smell the steak <laughs> and i was like oh my god this is the most torturous and my friend's drinking a, a old-fashioned and i'm like why oh. why god you know like <laughs> <laughs> Take this cup of suffering from me. <laughs> I'm just over it. <laughs> so, all that to say, uh, we're on we're on the right track. I hope if it doesn't improve from this point in a couple of days, I probably will probably consider going to get some X-rays 
just to see what exactly is it was it a fracture sure am i did i misdiagnose it who knows but uh you know is what it is i suppose anyway yeah that's the foot update for anyone who cares which we probably you guys can start listening again stop the fast forwarding <laughs> we're getting to the main the main portion of the podcast but um you know we all travis and i often say before before we recorded, he went on a rant about the Elvis movie that we won't get into right now. But we always we say won't. that there's going to be a random 0.5 episode that's literally just our opinion on everything other than print on demand. It's like the mm. everything else cast is what, it's like, <laughs> <laughs> is what it will be. Uh, but mm. for this episode of the print on demand cast, I'm pretty excited because we have a guest that, uh, you know, we referenced it in the interview, but both you and I know from mm-hmm. from here in Colorado and what is now, I guess, his former life, uh, you know, in 2016, <laughs> 2015 uh, at the church that we both attended at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's uh, he was actually a youth pastor. Our kids like like uh, even Tate was actually part of his youth group, who's my production manager now, my, yeah. my oldest son. And um, they still remember Will and they, you know, have fond memories of him. Um, he's he's a great guy. And it's it, I literally not talked to him i've heard maybe maybe we've exchanged a text or two since he's been gone but it's probably i mean it's been at least five years since we've been in the same room probably longer so uh it was really cool to to see him he's now doing a lot of sales and so we're pretty excited to have him on the show just to talk about sales he's not necessarily in the print on demand game which you'll get pretty quickly sure Um, but he's uh he knows his stuff you know he's sold a lot of things and has a good idea on how to sell those things. And I think as you hear the interview, you know, he kind of comes to a place where he's like, he's kind of trying to figure out how he can share his knowledge with our group. And because we have so many different types of scenarios and in the listenership um, it's, it's kind of hard to do, but I still think there's some golden nuggets in here. Um, There's some good things along the lines of like, um, how you how you feel about yourself, how you present yourself, yeah. um, how you you know, and and some some of that stuff, some mindset things that I think um, we probably don't talk enough about here on the show. So sure, uh, really excited for our our listeners to to hear Will and some of his perspectives. Yeah, for sure. I th- and he also kind of dives into some social media ideas and strategy as far as you know being being more than just a a commercial. Right. Mm, which, which you'll hear right. him say, no one wants to follow a commercial, uh, which is so true. Uh, even if you think about your own following habits, you're not you're not going to do that. So uh, a lot of good nuggets here uh, when it comes to selling yourself, selling your product. And if you are in that space where you're trying to get accounts to fulfill for lots of useful info here, too. So I think I think hopefully we'll kind of touch the the spectrum of, of listener, regardless of where you're at in the journey. There's definitely something here for you uh, to glean. Um, so. Without any further ado, because this one's a little bit of a lengthy one, uh, so we're going to get straight into this week's interview with our guest, Will Rest. All right, Travis, I'm excited for this particular episode and this particular interview, because this is with someone that both you and I know. Uh, Mm -hmm. We have known him for for quite some time, used to live here in Colorado, and uh, so I'm super excited to have Will Rest on the show. So for those that are listening that don't know who Will Rest is, here's a little bit about him before we bring him on and and kind of dive into the details. Uh, After 17 plus years of experience in sales and communications and marketing, Will has become a public speaker, social media expert, and coach for entrepreneurs and sales professionals who are looking to get past the six-figure mark. 
Will has produced millions in sales and even inspired many to blur the line between spirituality and business. His revelation and techniques will challenge the status quo. If you're looking for help in sales or social media, Will Rest is the man. So it is with great pleasure and excitement that we welcome to the show Will Rest. Will, dude, it is so good to see you. It has been quite some time quite honestly since all of us have kind of seen one another so it's super good to see you man how are you it's so good to see you guys i'm doing great man it's i can't remember the last time we were all in the same room but man we all used to be it's it's all the time and (laughs) you guys again you know yeah for sure yeah i know you guys are crushing it in the you know print on demand space and i mean travis you've been running this game for years and like it's so cool to just see like where you guys have come and what you're doing man yeah, it's exciting. It's definitely exciting to hear kind of your journey too, and we'll get to we'll get to that. But I know, you know, you've really been focusing on sales and um, have had a lot of success personally with sales, and now now you've kind of even transitioned to helping other people with sales, which is really the reason we wanted to have you on because we have a whole podcast full of people who want to help <laughs> with sales. Yeah. <laughs> they want to do more of it. So so let's jump in. Um, why don't you just kind of start kind of telling us a little bit about who you are and give us your sales journey? Because, um, you know, we, we, we talked about this in the, um, the, the, uh, the beginning part of the podcast, but you, you were a pastor and, you know, you were, uh, at our church and you did youth past and youth ministry and you kind of jumped around the country doing a lot of different things. What brought you into sales actually? Yeah. Well, I think even before ministry, I was doing uh, sales. Really, that's where mm. I grew up. Even before that, my dad was a sales guy my whole life. I mean, I remember growing mm. up and my dad, you know, he's selling cars and he'd come home excited when he closed a deal and sold cars or he's selling siding and windows. And <laughs> so I, I grew up with the roller coaster rush of your dad when he's in a great mood because he's killing it. And then when he's not, <laughs> you know, he didn't close the deal. You, but luckily, you need to talk to my kids about that yeah. because they're probably getting the exact same treatment from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I probably need, you know, some counseling or some inner healing from, you know, the ups and downs of, you some know, so is he bipolar or is he a sales? <laughs> uh, well, yes. Maybe. Yes. <laughs> so I kind of hated sales growing up because uh, I just was like, it was cool. But then I got, you know, I got actually, I got this you know, I had a spiritual encounter. I started wanting to pursue ministry and, and doing, you know, the things of God and become a pastor. So the thought mm-hmm. of sales and the idea of doing that was like, definitely not what I wanted to do. And, um, but then something shifted. Uh, my parents were divorced. So I was living with my, my mom and my stepdad and my, all of a sudden my dad got a new sales job. Now this is important to tell as far as the sales journey, because it really shifted everything for me. Hmm. He had always been really good at sales, but he, he got a job selling operator assisted services in like hotel phones and pay phones in Ireland. Now it's kind of weird, but I mean, wow. it's, it's an outdated thing. But when I was in junior high and high school, he started this thing. And basically the service was, you know, when you go to another country and you're in the hotel room and there's a little mm-hmm. hotel phone and mm-hmm. it has a tent card printed on the side, it says call home. Sure. Uh-huh. So if you, were, if you were in Ireland and you wanted to make an international phone call, well, you would dial star zero zero four or something from a hotel phone and you would probably pay 50, a hundred bucks for that phone call or whatever. <laughs> you know, back then it was like expense 30 bucks, 50 bucks, you know, you were talking yeah. about minutes mm-hmm. but you at&t was the main provider out there my dad got with a company it was uh, uh primarily based in mexico but they wanted to expand throughout the whole world he got a job 
being their rep in Ireland. And I remember when he first started, his first paycheck was like $30. Okay. He, and his job was to go from hotel to hotel and try and get them to switch from AT&T or whoever their per- service provider was for their operator assisted service calling for international calls. Super. Wow. <laughs> At first checks 30 bucks next month. And he's out there just struggling and struggling. Well, over the next couple years, he had taken over every single hotel in the entire country, every payphone in Ireland, Scotland, UK. If you made an international phone call from a hotel or an airport on a payphone, my dad would make two to three dollars per call. Wow! Wow! It was, and I was living with my mom and my stepdad. Now I'm seeing my dad's literally killing it. <laughs> making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month. And I'm like, Hey mom, I think I'm going to move in with my dad. Uh, (laughs) Was he, was he living in Ireland? How was he doing that? Living part-time in Colorado and Ireland's traveling back and forth. Quite quite the commute. Yeah. So I moved back (laughs) to my dad and then I got a taste of what it was like to live in just an absolute like wealth abundance lifestyle. Like Mm -hmm. it was absolutely crazy just for a Mm -hmm. a few short years while I was going through high school. And unfortunately, this is the sad part of the story is that, uh, well, for one, technology began to change and things like uh, like even us talking like this and uh, Zoom and Skype at the time and yeah. beginning to emerge. Nobody's going to pay $30, $50 for an international phone call when you can do a wife, you know, you could call through Facebook now for, <laughs> and yeah. talk face to face. So. Right. That technology was dying down. My dad came back to the U.S., sold off that. I actually lived in Ireland and worked there for a little bit doing that as well uh, mm-hmm. when I first got married. But that whole business, he had to sell the whole business off. And then through divorce and horrible situations, my dad over the years went from, you know, absolutely killing it, making hundreds of thousands of dollars a month to living in a trailer. And it's, I mean, mm-hmm. legit. Wow crazy seeing the rise and fall of that and the whole time that that journey for him was happening i was going through ministry school i began to do i was in i was now a pastor watching my dad go up and down and so i never wanted to be back in sales again in fact when i started in sales before i was in ministry i was selling cell phones at AT at&t because it was the only job i could get while i was going through ministry school and trying to provide for the family and i hated my job I hated sales. And I mean, I, and, and it was just like, because the only jobs I could ever get was sales. I mean, I had my high school diploma and I was just either sell, I sold cars, I've sold furniture, I've sold, uh, you know, (laughs) tax, I've sold tax solutions to angry business owners that owed a bunch of money. (laughs) That was the worst job ever. And then I finally landed a job selling phones for AT&T and that was pretty good, but I still hated it because it was so performance driven, performance oriented. I almost lost my job multiple times getting written up. And finally, I just had this like this moment. This is before ministry where I just realized, man, I just need to learn how to rest and rest in the sales process and not stress and have so much anxiety. And I remember there was a real shift in my mindset and my mentality where instead of striving and struggling, because there's really two types of hustle. You can be this hustle, white knuckle, grinded out sales professional, and you'll you'll probably scare a lot of people away. Or you, you know, but I was. I was just trying to grind it out and trying to perform. But when I started resting in the sales process, I literally, it's not that I wasn't working hard, but it was an internal 
reality, I ended up moving to the top of the leaderboard and becoming great at sales. And then shortly after I started doing great at sales, I actually transitioned into ministry. And I was just so thankful that I never had to enter into <laughs> the profession again. I was like, finally, I, I'm going to just do ministry. I'm going to do my dream job forever and never have to go back into the marketplace. And I was so wrong though. You know, I was just, <laughs> and, and, and we ended up after doing ministry full-time for four years uh, in Colorado, we ended up moving to Rochester, New York. We had an opportunity to move out there. Uh, but when we moved out there, things didn't actually play out the way that I had expected them to play out. And I ended up needing a job just like, you know, I'm a dad, I got kids. I, you know, ministry doesn't pay the bills when you're doing free <laughs> and um, yeah. I needed something. So ended up, looking, getting a couple different odd jobs, absolutely hated them. And I'll tell you this story real quick too. When we went out there, the first job I got was selling banner ads for a children's website that was going, that was outdated and going out of style. I was like, <laughs> what? And I'm like, you know, and if anybody, I mean, for me, I'm thinking, God, what are you doing with my life? Like, well, I'm out here. I just moved across country for an opportunity Things didn't work out. Now I'm sitting in an office selling banner ads for an outdated children's website. <laughs> bounce houses and bowling alleys, seeing if they want to pay for it. And it's like, this is horrible. And my other part-time job was working again at Barnes and Noble. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, I felt like I was starting back at square one. And I remember sitting at Barnes and Noble and this guy saying, it was a seasonal part-time job. And this guy next to me, he goes, I started here seasonally once. I thought it was just going to be for Christmas. Oh, no. Because I've been here 13 years. <laughs> not kidding you, I quit the next day. I did not go back. <laughs> wow. Said, Absolutely not, not me. So we're sitting there. I suddenly see a job opportunity come up on Facebook for a job for, you know, hey, we're looking for brand reps making 70 to 80,000 a year. And for me, you know, I'd been in ministry. So that sounded like a lot. And then the way they portrayed it sounded like a multi level marketing scheme. And I thought, there's no way, but I'm so in need of a job i'm going to call them yeah so i get on the phone with them and they're like telling me it sounds awesome and i'm so great like well this sounds like an incredible opportunity uh what what am i going to be selling again oh yeah you're going to be selling uh scissors all right <laughs> did you say scissors and she said yeah shears I'm, I can't, I'm sorry. I'm not going to do that. Like uh, <laughs> I'm feeling like I had my dream job and now I'm, my life is falling apart between Barnes and Noble banner ads for kids and opportunity to sell scissors. I'm like, I, this is absolutely <laughs> worst possible thing. So I turn the job down. Three days later, I get a call from the recruiter. The recruiter says, you're making a horrible mistake. This is a massive company we're growing faster than any brand in the beauty industry and stylists and barbers are addicted to buying shears and i said are you serious i'm gonna call my mom because she's a hairdresser and i said hey what do you think about me selling scissors and she goes oh man i'm addicted to buying scissors and i said are you serious <laughs> <laughs> shears like good shears in the hair industry are like anywhere between like four hundred dollars to like the most expensive shear in the lineup was like three grand good okay, lord so these are not like, you know, these are not your Crayola, you know, paper shoes. mate scissors. Yeah. <laughs> what am I doing with my life? So, <laughs> so I said, okay, I'm going to give it, I'm going to give it three months. So I, I decided to give this brand rep position three months. 
and something happened. I realized that in all these years of preparation and sales and seeing my dad succeed and take over whole regions and then uh, being in sales at at and and then public speaking in ministry, somehow the culmination of all my experience came together and I suddenly was like a light bulb went off and I understood sales like the matrix. It's like you could see bullets coming out and I became one of the top <laughs> 10 reps in the whole country within a very short time, making more than I'd ever made in my whole life. And uh, my motivation, I will say this, watching my dad take over an entire nation and do what he did will forever mark me because I can, I see now he's since recovered from all of the craziness, but I, sure. I saw what could happen when you really commit to taking over a region or an area or an industry. And I'm like, that's mm. what I'm going to do. And, and I'm going to follow in my dad's footsteps without all of the stuff that happened after and, and really take it to the next level. And, uh, and then, and then the following year, I had more of an epiphany. I continued to invest in my own sales training. I had uh, even almost like it seemed like a spiritual sales awakening. And I know it sounds kind of weird, but after the spiritual sales awakening, uh, I became, I, I rose to the top. And my second year in, in selling scissors, now I made $180,000 that year selling scissors. Wow. And and since that time, I, I had, as I worked for them, I never made anything less than six figures selling shears. Wow. So always at the top. Uh, and then, you know, COVID and everything I've shifted. Now, since I've shifted out, of selling shears. I've, I've done uh, some sales training for other beauty and uh, brands. I've done some social media marketing. Social media, by the way, played a huge part in me actually uh, being able to sell as many shears as I did, as well as just like hard work hmm. out there, but uh, sure. taking all that stuff. And then, and then now, you know, I've done a lot of remote sales and uh, high ticket sales. And, uh, and now I've, I've moved into, you know, doing sales training myself and working with individuals help them scale their either their own individual game or even hope, you know, businesses. Sure. Grow their business, grow, grow in sales. So. That's awesome. That's great, dude. That's a lot of that. I didn't even really know in its fullest. And, and we've chatted about this a handful of times offline about, about sales and, and all of that. So I, I want to talk about a couple, a couple of things. You said social media was a huge, part of the success in conjunction with working hard and i know everybody social media everyone knows social media is crucial when it comes to driving traffic to a product or getting your product out there just getting kind of aware so if you had to give some pointers you know to our listeners who who might be trying to figure out how to leverage their product or their service on social media what are some you know just basic pieces of advice when it comes to building a social media presence that yeah. uh, would would benefit them mm -hmm. well it depends on what platform is like your main, like which, which one are you really going for to be sure. influential on first of all? So there's, that'll change. But for what I did in that season in particular was I used Instagram as more of like a Trojan horse social media strategy. Cause a lot of times people, you know, if you have a product or a service, the first angle that they'll take is like, Hey, I, you know, I do print on demand. If you, you know, I'll, you know, just kind of yeah. basically constantly sharing buy my service, buy my product, buy my service, or if it's, you know, maybe it's a skincare brand and all they're doing is posting pictures of their skincare bottles sure. and they're, they're <laughs> like, buy this skincare product, buy this skincare product. And, and then in, 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 in my case at that time in my life, it was scissors. So you, you see a, a lot of reps that were selling similar products were out there 
constantly posting pictures of scissors or somebody cutting hair and mm -hmm. trying to get, you know, oh, we're doing this, you know, special or this deal. <laughs> now, nobody's going to follow a page that's just constantly sharing uh, right. posts about a product that they want you to buy. That's like following a commercial. So, yeah. mm -hmm. you know, you got to think like if you are wanting to grow your influence in social media, how can you become an influential authority in a particular, you know, a particular space or sphere? Kind of like, you know, when you guys started a podcast, you've now established yourselves as an authority in the print on demand space because of what you're doing here. You're providing valuable content to the people that are in your industry. And mm -hmm. so what I did was I just created, you know, these like foodie pages, you go to like, mm -hmm. let's say for Denver, like. There's Instagram pages that they just feature all the best food in Denver. Yeah. So I decided to create an Instagram page that featured all the best hair salons and barbershops in that city that I lived in, in New York. And, mm -hmm. uh, I quickly became an authority without a face. Nobody knew who I was behind the curtain, but I was, I ran the Instagram page that all the hairstylists follows, followed all the barbers followed, all the salons followed. And because of that, if I ever I would cold call salons. And if I walked in and they didn't want anything to do with me, I'd say, Oh, Hey, by the way, um, have you heard of that Instagram page rock top style or whatever it was called? And they're like, Oh yeah. And I was like, Oh yeah, I run that page. Uh, and I just, you know, wanted to introduce myself and like, Oh, no way. Suddenly I'm not a sales rep. Suddenly I'm like an influencer in the city so, sure. when, it comes, when it comes to that. So I was never one time ever saying buy scissors, buy scissors. I used social media as a social leveraging that I had authority in a particular. Yeah. So even for like, if somebody's doing print on demand, maybe they have a particular niche. Like maybe you want to own restaurant apparel. I don't know. You just think about like, yeah. what, I can, you can ask a question. Travis looked like you had a question about that. No, I was just going to say it, it, it really sounds, um, it sounds like the reason you, became that authorities because you served the industry that you were selling to. I think yeah. that kind of boils it down to like one sentence. If you want to, like you're just about to say, if you want to own the, you know, let's just say the, the, the PTA groups in a certain area because they're always doing fundraisers and, you know, doing team t-shirts and all this for the moms and all of that. If you want to do that, it sounds like if you can find a way to serve them, if you can, you know, talk about all of the best high schools and the sporting, you know, all the different sports that are happening at all these cool high schools. And then all of a sudden you uh, go to that PTA meeting and say, yeah, that that's me, et cetera, et cetera. You've set yourself up to be able to kind of be the supplier for whatever, whatever they need particular, or, you know, in a particular instance, you know, they need yeah. again, shirts for their, the homecoming game for all the moms or, you know, all the parents and uh, you're, you're right there and you've already established yourself. And it's because not necessarily you have the best shirts or you have the best prices. It's because you have, you've served that community. Um, and so there's almost a reciprocal nature. They want to pay you back. They want to somehow give back to you and the, what better way in that instance than to just buy all of the shirts that they already need from you. And I mean, that's yeah. just one of many, many different scenarios that you could find yourself in by simply serving a certain demographic. Yeah. Yeah. You're right. It's just, you know, and there's probably a million other ways that you creatively do that. The one thing I would say that if you want to fail is just constantly post pictures of your product or service. <laughs> and, and uh, you know, and yeah, so I, and you know, I'm not as familiar with like how to 
sell the, the print on demand and what you can do with the niche. But I, I have creative ideas. Like I, I know if I was, if I owned my own print on demand, I would pick, I would pick one niche of, of type of thing that I'd want to run after. Uh, I'm like, okay, I want to go for restaurants or I want to go for churches or I want to, you know, I want to become the authority in printing shirts for, you know, these events. I mean, there's, there's companies that all they do is create products for these conferences and yeah. like, you know, like um, the convention centers, I, I would be maybe finding a list of every, every single booth that's going to be at the next convention in the next couple months. And I'd be calling every booth because you know, they're going to be selling swag at their booth at the next convention, you know, whether it's a health convention or a, whatever. I mean, that's mm -hmm. the kind of stuff like, why not? Why not figure out, go and find sure. a convention list. Everybody that's going to be doing a booth at the next event. Well, they're all going to be needing to print off t-shirts <laughs> right now because they need to sell them at the next event. So sure. Go hunt them. You know what I mean? Like you got to be mm -hmm. a hunter and you got to just get creative with the ways that you hunt and you got to have fun doing it. Otherwise you're just going to, you know, if you want to own a business and you want to be an entrepreneur, but you don't want to be a sales guy, good luck. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's 100% accurate. Excuse me. I was, I was going to ask, so let's just bring it back down a little bit. Since you've been doing some coaching, obviously you've um, talked about and probably shared a lot with people. Um, can you just share like kind of as you see it, the basics of a sale and what has to happen in order to make that sale um, kind of break that down for us? I mean, everybody kind of knows maybe – you know, their version of the basics, but I want to hear your version. And then if we can, let's try to relate that to POD or local sales uh, of, of printed goods uh, or some type of, you know, garment sales or promotional product sales or something like that. But basically break that down um, as you see it. What What's your opinion on this kind of the steps or maybe, you know, you've heard it described as a funnel. Um just give us kind of a breakdown for our listeners uh, on what is a sale. Yeah. A sale is a basic level is just solving a problem and, or, you know, but you have a solution to a problem that somebody has, whether that's a product or a service and it's an exchange of money for that solving of that problem. Now, one of the things that people get lost in is like, you, you think you're selling just t-shirts with their graphics on it, but you're actually selling something so much more. Mm -hmm. And you have to understand that sales is always an emotional decision, no matter how much logic mm -hmm. is involved. And so you need to think about what you're really selling is you're selling, uh, you're selling a feeling you're selling any sale is selling a state of existence. So this business maybe in particular has, they have a brand, they have an identity and they're selling, you're selling something that people can identify with. You're selling a culture. You're actually selling a, a brand identity to this company and you're solving something so much more than just giving them a couple of t-shirts to sell at double the price that they bought them. So yeah. you have to know like you're really providing something of a confidence when people own a business and they have their own swag, there's like an emotional feeling of like, of what that would probably feel like. So connecting with that first of all, and realizing that what you provide is of, of huge value. So you have to believe in what you're selling hundred percent before you even step foot out the door and go and try and sell your product or service confidence in yourself, your ability to fulfill on your promise, what you're providing. So belief in yourself and the product or service is number one. But then when it comes to like the first step of a sale is that first impression. And a lot of you out there are doing POD. You're going to have to cold call whether it's over the phone or you're, 
walking into a business fresh and however it is, or maybe you're just connecting with people for the very first time on social media. Sure. But when you first connect with that person, you have to have that first impression be locked in. And that happens in a matter of seconds. And in what I've noticed a lot of salespeople do is they expect rejection there. If you're mm. walking in, let's say you yeah. walk, you know, you're just expecting when you walk in the door that they're going to be frustrated with you. You're a, you're a solicitor and you have to change that completely. You have to basically, the first step of the sale is expecting that they're going to be so excited and happy to see you because you are, you just have something that they want. Mm -hmm. uh, and you go in and you have a confidence about you. You have an air about you, but you're not coming in just like all hot and heavy, like a guy that's you know, <laughs> on a first date. Like you, you're going to walk in and just be chill about it. And you don't need to be real pushy. You don't, you just need to be chill. You need to be relaxed, but you need to walk in with confidence. And that first impression, there's really three main frames that you need to carry in all of your sales process, but there's, and I can just speak to this for just a moment. I'm trying to get sure. so much to say sometimes. I'm like, am I talking? To <laughs> but you're the but guest, I, man. You get to talk you, as much as you want <laughs> in your space, no matter what space you're in, you have to have three frames that you carry at all times, because these are going to be what provide, you know, the influence that you need to actually close a deal. And the first one is the moral authority frame. You have to put off an air and internally know that you truly have your client's best interest at heart. And that needs to be communicated, not just in words, but in the way that you interact. Because a moral authority frame will create, uh, you will be more influential in any situation when the client or the customer believes you have their best interest at heart. And it needs to be true. The second thing that you need to carry as a frame is the expert frame, that you are the expert. You have the confidence that you know, and you don't portray an expert frame by just coming off and saying that you're an expert. The way you portray an expert frame is by asking skilled questions that when you ask them, people will begin to think, oh, this guy knows what he's talking about because of the way he's asking questions. And, and you put off an expert frame by the way of being. You don't say, hey, sure. I'm, I'm the expert in this. I've been, you know, you just do it simply by asking questions and you become right. an expert in their mind. Yeah. And the third thing is the prize frame. Uh, you think about a really needy guy who really is trying to get a girl at a bar. Like he's not the prize. <laughs> he's gonna push him. You gotta, you gotta have this idea that like, no, you are the catch here. Like they are, they are getting you as a prize. Sure. And when you carry that, it's gonna pull people in, and, and people are gonna be more drawn to you just in that frame of mind. So not even tactical sales stuff, just inner game. There's an inner sales game before you even step foot into the door. There's an inner sales game, mindset, identity, attitude, expectation yeah. that will change everything for you. And if you don't have that stuff in line, you'll probably have some roadblocks and, and some mm. hurdles along the way. That's so would you, would you say that that inner mindset, that identity, the only way it can really come is through repetition, right? Because I think, I mean, one of the things you said about like expecting rejection uh, I think that is drilled into people in most in most sales trainings. Like I know for sure, when I you know started selling insurance, our training said expect rejection. You will be told no over and over and over, because they're trying to they're trying to preface or kind of prepare you for that disheartening moment <laughs> where you don't get the sale. Mm -hmm. So how do you practically combat that? Where 
in most instances, it's like, no, you're going to be told, no, just pick up the phone or go to the next store and, you know, next, next up mentality yeah. uh, into growing that like confidence mindset. And like you said, that the expert mindset where you feel like you're the prize and you're actually interviewing them in a way to see if they're right for your product and not just giving yourself out freely because yeah. you're desperate for the money, if that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, that's, and that's where, yeah, you expect like in your mindset, you're expecting them, but then when they do reject you, you're just like, oh, whatever, you know what I mean? Like honestly, sure. like I got a thousand other places to go visit. Like, why would I waste my time caring about the fact that you didn't realize how valuable what I have is? Sure. It's your, it's your bad. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So, uh, and, and, but the way you, you come off is like when you go in, you know, especially if you're cold calling, like, a storefront, like you're doing B2B sales and you're going in, you got the guard dogs at the front desk. They don't want to deal with you. You just <laughs> walk in and, and I mean, how many POD people are actually out there cold calling businesses? Am I even speaking to the right crowd here? <laughs> I would say most, mostly no, most, most of the people are, um, most of our listeners are probably drop shipping. And, um, and what that means is they've sold signed up for an account on, you know, Etsy or Amazon or Walmart, and they're creating a listing that, um, you know, has their design and maybe has some bullet points has some, uh, you know, just product description, et cetera, et cetera, that they control on that marketplace. And then they're, you know, set it, forget it. Cause the product doesn't actually exist until it's actually sold. That's the beauty of print on demand. Yeah. And if they get a sale, they transfer that to their fulfillment partner um, or if they're doing fulfillment for themselves, they do the, their own fulfillment and then send the product out and then rinse and repeat. There's probably not very many of our POD customers that are, that even know who the heck we are or, you know, for that matter, coming back to us to make a second purchase. Yeah. Um, and, and I don't know that that's necessarily true across the board for print on demand. There are a lot of people who are actually, um, building actual brands. They've used, you know, they're using Shopify. They are getting repeat customers because, you know, you think, uh, like think geek or, you know, some of those nerdy clothes or, you know, things like that, that, you know, they have like licenses with game gaming, uh, consoles and games yeah. and stuff like that. And they can produce those types of things or, or like, uh, Star Trek and Star Wars and all that. And people are coming back because they know that when they want kind of a geeky t-shirt or a geeky product or a geeky gift, yeah, they know where they can find it and they're going to go there. Um, for most of our listeners, that's not the case. They have not come to the place where they've built out that brand. Um, so really what we're talking about is they control the bullet points, they control the product description, they control the title, and they control what's actually on the product, the design itself, um, which I don't think, I don't think that's nothing. Do you know what I mean? I don't, I think that there is still some power in sales training and understanding the sales process and understanding the emotions that you're trying to solve yeah. um, as you're even just writing a product description. Can yeah. you speak to that maybe a little bit, Will? Yeah, I think, well, so it sounds like they're more selling online is there any type of account that people would be trying, trying to go out and get? I mean, is that like a thing, you know, would you want to be like, wouldn't you want an account or would you just want to depend on somebody finding you? I think a lot, a, a lot of the, a lot of the print on demand industry um, is, you know, kind of it's uh, it's a secondary thing. They just do it on the side. So it is kind of just create as many products as you can 
be in as many places as you can and then just cross your fingers, you know, yeah. and hope, hope that somebody finds you. Um, yeah. I think the next step is to um, either create a brand or, you know, if you are a production fulfillment uh, partner, like we are, I mean, we yeah. are in the business of soliciting sales from yeah. businesses around here to where we, you know, they, they come to us when they think when they when they think of T-shirts for their next event, for their next conference, for their next trade show, um, their their next swag thing that they need. They we hope that they think of us, yeah. and so we are establishing a presence. But we are probably in the minority for most of our listeners that yeah. actually have a fulfillment like a physical location. Yeah. A lot of our a lot of our people are are drop shipping. There are some that have production houses, but um, I would say those are in the minority. Yeah, I think I mean the that would come down to a marketing thing then in terms of just how to position your product to be found and discovered. And, uh, the thing that I would say is be as offensive as possible. That's, what's going <laughs> to, that's, uh, <laughs> I think, you know, you, you know, you see, if you can be offensive on either side, you'll get mm -hmm. traction. You know what I mean? Like totally the trending things, the offensive things. And one thing I know, like I, I blew up my account, I mean, I'm not huge, but I mean, I blew it up on TikTok a little bit. Like, I, it's uh, it's always good to have some kind of hook at the beginning, whether it's a video or an Instagram post, or even if it's a description. If you can have some type of hook in that very first line that grabs people's attention, uh, that's going to be mm -hmm. what I would I would have a question or or a provocative statement or something. Mm -hmm. I, I just had a girl the other day, and I, I mean, I know this is not related to print on demand, but if I could just to what you're talking about is copywriting skills, like sure. actually being sure. able to write something that's going to grab people's attention. And, uh, mm -hmm. there, there was a, a coach I was talking to the other day and she struggled, she was struggling to get appointments for potential clients. And she has a, a crazy story of just, you know, uh, uh, abuse and, uh, infidelity in her marriage. And I said, why don't you go join a mom's group on Facebook and write a post about your story? But the first line needs to say, my husband cheated on me. And, and, uh, and I said, just do that and then share your story and watch what happens. Mm. And she messaged me back next day, hundreds of messages. <laughs> wow. Like just that one piece of advice. Now she has a ton of calls, you know, booked and potential clients to bring on board and women to help go through and heal from the trauma of a similar situation. So mm. it's like, you, you know, that one hook, that one thing, I, I think that would be what you'd really want to focus on is. Cause people aren't, you know, always going to read the whole description. So if you can have that one, that one, yeah. that would be probably my advice on that in terms of selling no, coffee. Yeah, that's great. That's actually very applicable. I think, I think, um, you know, one story I was going to share, uh, even, even just backing up even further, like with the mindset of what we do, because I, I, I was, I was trying to put together some like mission and vision statements for our company. And I was talking to a good friend, uh, well, Luke, you know, Luke, yeah, yeah. um, and very, very, uh, great copywriter, great thinker has very creative thoughts and, um, really kind of understands this. He's gone through some sales training, um, uh, for, uh, what's it called? Story brand. Story brand. Um, yeah. And so he's, he's, he's got some really, in fact, we should have him on the show, Josiah sometime. We really need to have Luke on and talk about story brand, but anyway, yeah. beside the point when I was talking to him about, you know, some of these things, I was kind of lamenting the fact that I'm like, well, we just print 
stuff you know i mean we don't have a mission we just print stuff you know and he's like well what are you doing with that and he he really talked me through it and he talked about um he talked about like what emotion are you bringing to them like when they open that up as a gift you're bringing joy you know you're bringing momentary joy momentary joy but sure um, it's still joy and so it really got me like it shifted my mindset personally it's like oh we really have a cool opportunity to bring joy into thousands and tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of, of households every single year. And that's not nothing. You know what I yeah. mean? Um, so it kind of shifted, I guess it shifted my mindset a little bit um, on what we do because it can be very monotonous to just, you know, create a product, write a description, rinse and repeat, get another design, write a product or, you know, create a product description, create a title, look up some tags, some SEO stuff, uh, yeah. and then rinse and repeat. But, um, to your point about having, um, having a greater purpose or, you know, kind of understanding that what you have is actually valuable. Um, I don't think that's something to be looked over. You know, yeah. I think that's a really important part of what we do um, in any industry, not just the print on demand industry. If you don't if you don't have a purpose greater than just making some money, um, good luck. It's just yeah. not going to work long term. You're going to burn out for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. <laughs> that's 100%. You're going to live in a van down by the river. Yeah. yeah. And, and that's for, uh, you know, even like. The purpose of of what that is providing for your family too like that connects to like okay you're doing mm -hmm. this side hustle or maybe it's your full-time gig and it's providing something for your family and you know that even if it's just a momentary joy that you're providing through these t-shirts i mean find the purpose and squeeze the juice out of that because you're you know there's it's it's good you know it's all it's all good and it's not just a selfish motive for you to be wanting to grow and, uh, and your desire to have a lot of cash is also for most people, it's really not selfish. Like they want to provide for yeah. and their kids and they want to create, you know, a good life experience. They want to give to local charities or their church and, and, mm -hmm. and yeah, and you want to have fun. So like, yeah, there's <laughs> go for it. And you know, and you know, Hey, you're giving some pe people some cool swag. So yeah. Right. Totally. <laughs> totally. Well, we're going to, we're going to transition to, um, it's a set of questions that we ask every guest. Um, it's, we call it the mad, we call them the magic questions and there's a arbitrary and completely unnecessary bumper on the front of it. But, uh, basically there's a couple of, a couple of questions we'll ask your opinion on and, uh, and then we'll kind of, uh, wind down the interview. So, uh, to the, uh, arbitrary bumper that I was talking about, here we go. It's a miracle that we never have gotten co copyright stricken for anything that you just saw there. Uh, so <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I always think it's going to come. Never does. Um, all right. So first one I want to ask you is throughout your career, um, how important have mentoring relationships and training been? I know you mentioned you've had some sales mm -hmm. training and you had some, um, you know, you've invested in yourself that way, but 
have there been particular relationships where there are just these people that have really spoke and poured into you uh, over and above just in sales, but definitely helped you and mentored you in that journey? Yeah, I think that one, my own father watching him, that's been massive. Uh, But then sales training books, investing and actually just sitting down and reading about sales. I think I heard that the average salesperson doesn't invest any more than, uh, you know, 50 to a hundred bucks into their, their sales career. And, uh, but there's so many people out there. And I think between social media marketing, sales training and coaching, if I were to add it all up, I mean, it sounds ridiculous, but the truth is you have to invest in yourself. I think I've probably invested around $24,000 into my sales training, social media marketing training and coaching. And and, and when I add it all up together, so you have to take sales training seriously. You have to take these things seriously. If you really want to be at the top of your game, Uh, if you're not willing to invest in yourself and, and, and you're not going to get to the top. Okay. All right. Um, next one, if you had to start all over and you lost all of your current contacts, what would you do first? Sales. (laughs) <laughs> what does that mean? What do you do first? Yeah. What you so you don't I, have any more Instagram, would, you don't I'm, have any more contacts. What are you going to do? I would I would go to as many small businesses as possible and I would solve a problem with, for them whether that's building a website, doing social media marketing for them, uh or I would find a product to sell and I would go and I would just start going to as many places as I possibly could and selling it. Uh, that's what I would do to get, I mean, you could make 10 K a month very quickly. If you just are willing to live a hundred percent commission and not ask for a base pay or hourly wage. Hmm. Yeah. So all cold calling, basically you would rely on cold calling. Okay. 100% right out of the gate. Yeah. (laughs) All right. All right. That's good to know. A lot of people hate cold calling or would avoid that, but I guess if you're back to the basics, you got to start somewhere and that would probably be the easiest place to start is just, knocking on doors and, and spreading the good word. hundred uh, percent. All right. So last one, you've kind of touched on this uh, a little bit probably through your story, um, but give us a time when something happened in your sales journey, whether it's working for a, any particular business um, that felt like a failure. Like you were like, okay, I think I'm done. This is completely falling off, the, you know, gone off the wheels, falling apart. And I, I think we're done here. Uh, yeah, so I, I was working with a company and I was really successful with them in sales and I got offered another job in the same industry, Mm. uh, selling a different product, but same industry. And Mm. I was at the top of this company and I was just, you know, it was awesome, but I decided to transition and work for this other company in the industry, uh, because they were offering, they were offering me a base salary plus uncapped residual commission. Uh, Mm -hmm. So when I made that transition, uh, I was very successful with them. Two months, doubled the company's income, and then COVID hit. And Mm -hmm. the company was too small to really carry me through, while the company that I had left was probably would have been the safer bet, even though... So I I took... You gambled. (laughs) I gambled. Well, I didn't know COVID was coming. And it was a great opportunity. And I was more of a national sales director role and I was able to make a big splash and then COVID hit and everything that I stepped into pretty much dissolved. And that resulted in us having to sell our home and uh, really just, you know, 
move back into like you you the question you asked if you had to go back to square one and start from scratch and do it all that is what happened yeah (laughs) you know it's like oh you're living that question right now yeah Yeah. (laughs) so it did feel like a failure it's like oh my god that's you know so uh yeah recovering after covid because it's not like i could just go back to my old job and just say hey can i uh come back they're like yeah you left uh you know i didn't necessarily burn a bridge but it wasn't like you know looked upon with great favor that you'd leave one company (laughs) in the industry to go to another company in the industry so sure yeah yeah that makes sense that makes sense well well dude it's been great catching up man I've, i've really enjoyed hearing more of your story and i think there's definitely some some nuggets and some useful advice when it comes to how to position yourself, whether it's listing a product, maybe people are out there looking for accounts to land. You know, I think the social media idea, if people are listing products, I know Madeline can attest that um, social media for her Etsy channel was, was huge. Like that's what did a lot of the, a lot of traffic for her as well as posting the designs and posting a lot of, you know, good farmhouse content so I think that in and of itself is like, if you want to sell shirts that are niche down to, I don't know, Shih Tzu dogs. And I only say that cause I have to then post pictures and be the expert in Shih Tzus and be the people go to the place people go to, to find cute pictures of Shih Tzus. And then, Oh, they actually sell shirts. Weird example. But I think that that was really, <laughs> I really enjoyed that. And that as well. Uh, well, I sell and, NFT shirts or Bitcoin shirt. I don't know. You go, go, go crypto on it, man. Like, yeah. Take- Take yeah. your POD crypto. You know yep. what I mean? Yep. You might as well. It's the way of the future, it seems, for now until you know it gets regulated. But that's another podcast. Uh, so <laughs> before before we go, uh, we have a weekly reoccurring segment here on the show. We usually don't announce when it's going to happen, but you, when there's guests, we do because we ask the guests to bring their dad joke to the dance as well. So with that being said, we're going to go to this week's weekly dad joke. Time for the weekly dad joke. All right. So, Will, you are the guest, and so you bring the heat first. You guys ready? Yes. So ready. How long is a Chinese man? How long is a Chinese man? I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. How long is a Chinese man? <laughs> no idea. Oh, man, that's his, that's his name. <laughs> How long? that's that's probably the best one yeah Uh, like from a guest from a guest that's probably the best one good job it was funnier for me it was funny for me because i got it on the second time and then travis didn't i was lost i need you to explain more that was good (laughs) i liked it liked that a lot yeah, is that dad status enough? I mean, maybe not. Oh yeah, no, it's oh, yeah. that was glorious levels of dad dad status. Um, all right, so here's here's the the one from us this week. Why wasn't the pepper good at archery? Anybody? Any guesses? No, because nope. he didn't have an arrow. And that's this week's weekly dad joke uh, as well. Will, Travis and I send each other dad jokes far too frequently. All the time. 
all if the you, time. If you scroll through our thread, it's probably every other one's a, a dad joke. So yeah, we just decided to finally put it in the show. We did it for no reason <laughs> before. No now reason. Have a dad joke T-shirts. I mean, do you have? Do we have dad joke T-shirts? I and think well, it's in one of our one. It's it's in one of our uh, print on demand cast T-shirts on printondemandcast.com slash shop. Yeah. You can go there and um, yeah. There's there's some there yeah absolutely yeah I, I, today my toddler said dad I was trying to color but then I pooped and I thought man somebody should do an Instagram of just things toddlers say and mm-hmm. uh, and then yeah you could do that and put that on yeah t-shirt. yeah well they I mean totally. they, Bill Cosby had an entire TV show the kids say the darndest thing like that was his mm-hmm. whole that right. was his whole shtick so. That's true. There's yeah. a free one. Free one for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> Yet another golden nugget from Will Rest. <laughs> Love, hey, it. Love it. Love it. Exactly. So before we go, man, let people know if they want to know more about you, find you, connect with you on social media, let them know where to find you, how to get in touch with you if you have more questions, yeah. anything like that. So, so uh, yeah, if you want to just follow me, uh, connect me, Will Rest. Uh, on instagram and uh you know you can follow me shoot me a message if you need help with sales or you know marketing stuff just let me know and uh, just will rest on instagram well there you have it will rest yeah super easy concise love it and we will put those links in the show notes for you that are listening so that you don't have to search you just click go to the show notes we'll have it all there linked in for you not linked in but linked in the show notes uh but yeah will thanks so much man for for coming on and uh it's great to catch up with you and i look forward to doing this again and seeing what else is going on and getting more golden nuggets from the treasure trove that is will rest's mind and thanks for having me on guys yeah for sure we'll talk soon all right all right we want to thank will again for taking time out of his schedule i know went a little late i'm where he's two hours ahead of us so uh when we first (laughs) when i text him this morning i was like hey dude uh here's the form to fill out for the show also, we'll see at six mountain time. And he was like, oh, I thought you guys meant like six my time. And I was like, no, no, there will, there will be no interview being had at that time. So so uh, he, he was gracious enough to kind of move some stuff around in his schedule as well. But yeah, I think uh, he you know, preempted this whole interview. And I said that the, the nugget about social media, and I mentioned that in the interview too, was probably a really good mindset. And the fact that he said to approach uh, anticipating a yes, which a lot of people won't teach you that, uh, which we mentioned, mm. like they'll teach you to anticipate no, and you might very well still get no, but I think, I think, you know, the, the benefit to approaching it the way that Will was talking about lends itself to that mentality that he was talking, that inner mm. monologue, that the inner self, yeah. that mindset is you go and accepting yes. And it just helps with your confidence because if you go in there, like, uh, you know, a scalded dog and your tails between your legs, they're probably not going to be too sure. They're not going to be confident in you because you don't seem confident in yourself. So, yeah. Um, yeah, lots of good stuff. It was great catching up with him. I, it's been, I don't know, probably three years since he and I were in. I think we've connected, you know, he was here in Colorado for a little bit um, in 2019 or something like that. So it's been quite a while since since he and I was connected too, but it was good to see him. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I liked his kind of those three things that he talked about. And um, yeah, I think it's potentially worth a re-listen, you know, just to kind of uh, 
get some of that stuff down and, and understand it. Um, and then, you know, the, the audience doesn't know, but after the call, we talked a long time about um, just the print on demand cast and like, actually, you know, we have an authority and, you know, and what yeah. can we do with that? And um, some, some ideas for, you know, some potential things that we could maybe do down the road. I mean, you know, Josiah, we've been talking about doing extra episodes for a hundred <laughs> plus nine of them what is this now 109 100 108 109 yeah so and we have yet to do a single extra episode so who knows (laughs) where it's going to go but it was a good conversation and i appreciated uh some of his insight into you know how to kind of take what you're doing and build upon it and and i think that's i think you can in different levels of course you can do that with any business you know take what you've got build upon it. And I think that's kind of what this uh, episode really kind of hammered home, I think for me and hopefully for, for our listeners as well. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. So yeah, thanks again to Will for coming on. And like we said, we'll drop his links and all that kind of stuff um, in the show notes, if you guys have any questions, but other than that, we just want to thank you guys for, for being faithful and tuning in again to another episode of the print on demand cast. And I, I second, mm-hmm. Uh, and echo Travis's sentiment. Give this one another listen because there might be some stuff that maybe you missed or maybe dismissed thinking maybe it's not applicable. Go back and listen because there's a lot of good, um, useful tips that that you can take and kind of implement into what you're doing yeah. in some way, shape, or form. So um, very, very thankful for, for Will's time. And we're thankful for you guys. And as always, if you have a question for us, if you want to reach out to us, uh, you can email us, info at printondemandcast.com, uh, or you can join the Facebook group, printondemandcast.com slash Facebook. I know there's been a couple dad jokes that have been dropped in there very, very, very recently. Uh, mm-hmm. One, in fact, that I'm, I think we should use next week. I don't, I don't want to say it yet, but we'll give him credit um, because I, I it, it made me audibly laugh out loud, um, mm. which for a dad joke does take a, quite a bit for me to actually think it's genuinely funny so we're going to use that next week you guys will hear it uh, but very excited uh, for that group and what's happening and the conversations that are happening so if you have any questions need advice need tips anything like that clarification please do not hesitate to join the facebook group uh and also other social media platforms print on a mancast.com slash instagram and slash youtube and we are available wherever there are podcasts available I always like to say wherever their podcast, the POD cast is there for you. And it is 100% true. I have no idea how many podcast platforms are out there, <laughs> but if we're not there yet, we will be. Uh, so avail yourselves of, of that. We're coming for you. We're going to take over all of the podcasts because it's on our name. It's our birthright. <laughs> we have to be in all the POD cast <laughs> platforms. Uh, so we, ha- we have a very specific set of skills. I don't know you, but I will find you. <laughs> And I will force you to listen to our content. So uh, with that being said, if you're listening to the Apple podcast app or listening with or through the uh, the podcast app, uh, if you would do us a favor and leave us a review and let us know what you're liking about the show, what's your favorite episode, leave us a dad joke, uh, whatever it is that you leave, we'll shout you out on the show uh, for helping uh, the algorithms and helping this content get in front of the people that need the content much like yourselves. You can rate us on Spotify too. It's just a star rating right now. There's no kind of comment that's available yet. I'm sure that's coming uh, down the road, but as of right now, it's just a, a star rating system. So um, that helps 
as well. Travis, anything else you can think that I have missed in my weekly diatribe of words? I don't think so. You've said a lot of them. I sure have. Too many, probably. Uh, so, again, thank you guys so much for listening. For Travis, I'm Josiah. We'll see you next time right here on the Print on Demand cast. See ya. Hey, babe. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Print on Demand cast. We hope you enjoyed the Totally Tubular show. If you've got a question or a suggestion for the show, send Travis and Josiah an email at info at printondemandcast.com. Want to be wicked nice? Take a minute to rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to subscribe now so you don't miss next week's episode. See you next time for sure.